The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Yes, you got me. Um, are we breathing? I, um, I'm elder of the refuge here. I'm Patrick Still. I'm uh, also um, I work as the director of youth programs for the Coffee Oasis um, uh, during the week. Um, I, I'm a, a pretty intense uh, introvert. Um, uh, my wife would say that I uh, uh, would be great on an island to myself. Um, uh, however, I have uh, been a part of this body at the refuge uh, for uh, probably 18 years now. Um, uh, I often find myself praying uh, for my brothers and sisters uh, in this group. Um, I pray for us now. Um, uh, Some of you have known me for a very long time. Um, I came to know Christ at age 17, and I'm not 17 anymore, that's pretty obvious. Um, um, I accepted Christ at a camp uh, and ended up uh, getting in some problems or in some trouble after accepting the Lord and had to do some community service at a local church. And that local church was Lincoln Avenue Bible Church and uh, Dave Frederick was the senior pastor of that church. Um, I'm, I'm not a person that holds things tightly, drives my wife crazy. Um, you all, upon hearing this news, and it may be news to you today, uh, may um, not know what to think or how to feel. Um, I am um, thankful to have 30 years with a friend. I am thankful that that friend um, loved the Lord and uh, was passionate about who he was and um, did everything uh, directed by the grace of God in sharing who Christ was. Um, That was a good learning place to be at as a friend for so many years. I'm also thankful um, Dave often talked about uh, running the race. His desire was push everything uh, and keep running and really know the grace of God and by knowing the grace of God 
being, becoming like him in some way. He longed uh, for that time uh, where the barriers would be uh, lifted. And now he sits at the table of God in the face of uh, his beloved uh, Jesus. I celebrate that. I also um, need to learn to cope with living in a world without that friend. Um, today, um, I'm going to do my, my sermon uh, today, but in the same way uh, that Jake just offered uh, after uh, the service, I'm going to offer you the only two things I can give you as a body. i offer you, you myself, uh, and I'm going to offer you Jesus uh, if you want to talk or pray about um, uh, the life of Dave. Um, uh, I apologize now for the camera person because I'm not a person that stands still. Um, I also apologize to all of you if uh, some of my comments today uh, seem in jest. That's just the person you have in front of me. Uh, um, I'm uh, a person that loves the Lord, but also takes things fairly lightly. Um, we've been going through a series on prayer. Um, and uh, we've been looking at different individuals and the prayers of those individuals uh, in the Bible. Um, just an intro, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. The request of Jesus' disciples, uh, not only uh, revealing their personal desire, but offers the lasting impression of Jesus' life and ministry. Jesus' life, the perfect life, uh, was a uh, praying life. The intimacy and understanding between Jesus and the Father is available to every person uh, who desires to know God today. Lord, teach us to pray. Today, I will be uh, spending most of my time in uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 18 and 19. Um, if you have a Bible or want to follow along, we'll, we'll be walking through these uh, chapters. Um, if you have spent any time in Sunday school or spent any uh, time uh, in God's word, you have probably heard the story that I'll be uh, sharing today. Um, the story of uh, Elijah and the praying uh, of the fire coming to the altar and burning up the offering. Um, it's a powerful story. Um, I will probably... Uh, talk about this as a contest um, because it, it is kind of a, 
a showdown between Elijah uh, and the prophets of Baal. Uh, They are, um, Elijah is there to show a nation who God is because they are confused as a nation. They have allowed other gods to come in and uh, they have chased those gods and have forgot, forgotten their first love. And Elijah calls them out. And in this uh, passage makes very clear that there is only one God. And that is the God uh, that they, uh, the nation of Israel needs to follow. But he puts himself in direct conflict with the spiritual leaders of that time in this contest. He, we have been talking and looking through uh, different prayers. And I love Elijah's prayer uh, found in uh, 1 Kings 18. Uh, 36 through 40. And it it goes like this. At the time of the offering uh, of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came uh, near and said, O Lord, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let let it be known that you are God and that I am your servant and have done everything uh, that has come from your word. Answer me, uh, O Lord. Answer me that this people may know you, O Lord, our God, and that uh, you may turn their hearts back to uh, you again. This is his prayer, and it's it's a beautiful prayer. He desires to see a nation return to their first love. They have uh, stumbled and walked away. And he wants them to really know him and have that knowledge impact their lives. And he wishes for them to turn their feet that God would turn their feet back to himself. Um, We're going to look at the context a little bit. You you may not be familiar with this story, um, but before we do that, let me pray. Lord, I thank you uh, for today. Um, It's a... um, strange day it being both Independence Day uh, and a day that we lose a friend and a a day that uh, we come and dive into your word one I uh, thank you for today Uh, one I thank you for the independence uh, that we all share uh, in this nation I thank you Uh, for those that gave their lives for that independence. I ask that we, uh, as a people of of this nation, can walk freely. I thank you 
uh, for the freedom that you gave Dave. Freedom uh, to follow you, freedom to speak of your love, freedom uh, to be uh, the man that you have called him to be. And I thank you for the freedom uh, from this journey of cancer and that he stands with you uh, in glory. I pray, uh, Lord, as we look at your prayer, I pray as we look into your word uh, today that we would know you uh, better. I pray that we would grow in your likeness, that we would see the trueness of who you are and by seeing the true representation of you that uh, our lives would be changed and we could be more in your likeness. I ask that uh, you just speak through me in your Holy Spirit. I ask that we have ears to hear and eyes to see. Just praise you and give you today. In your son's name, amen. Just to give you uh, a bit of a context of what this uh, passage looks like. Uh, I want to begin with uh, just a very introductory scripture from 1 Kings 18, 1 through 4. This kind of gives you the setting of the situation uh, of, the, uh, of the whole two chapters. So we're going to start with just uh, introducing the characters in um, 18, 1 through 4. Now it happened after uh, many days that the word of the Lord uh, came to Elijah in the uh, third year, saying, go show yourself to uh, Ahab, and I will send the rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now uh, uh, there had been a famine uh, that was severe in Samaria. And Ahab uh, called Obadiah, who was over the household. Um, Obadiah uh, feared the Lord uh, greatly, for when uh, Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took um, a hundred and hid them and fed them in, with water and food in a cave. This kind of introduces uh, a couple different characters that are in the middle of uh, this story. One, we see Elijah, who is a prophet of God, and is given this message that he should go and show himself to uh, Ahab. By the way, Ahab has been searching for several years to kill uh, Elijah uh, and has not gotten the chance. But Elijah is told that he will uh, go and uh, give a message that the famine is going to end, rain is going to come uh, uh, to the land. This famine, by the way, has been going on for three years. Uh, it is very severe. Um, as, as we look through, we can, we'll see a little more of a glimpse of what is going on. 
Um, Ahab has called his governor or steward of a person that has a political position within his government to come and to talk about the famine and to get a plan for what they are going to do. This Obadiah is a a person that fears the Lord and uh, loves the Lord, but he's working in a very dark place. And he is specifically a bit nervous about Jezebel, who grew up under the, um, the religion of uh, Baal and now has come into a place of power and is persecuting the Christians and killing off the Christians that follow the uh, Lord of Israel. And this is the setting of the uh, place we, uh, we find ourselves. So Elijah goes uh, to um, go introduce himself to Ahab. And Elijah has two meetings before this contest happens. This contest, it's a fire building contest. To be truth, I, I fired up a, a, a twenty pound pulled pork pig this morning uh, for the Fourth of July. Mine was easy. I pushed a button. Um, they are going to uh, call on the Lord, and whoever starts the fire is the Lord of the country. This is the contest that's going to happen. But first, Elijah has two meetings, one with Obadiah and one with Ahab. As I've already mentioned, Obadiah is a God-fearing man uh, that hid a hundred prophets of the Lord. He put 50 in two caves and gave them food and water, and he did this in secret uh, so he could... Uh, save the prophets of Israel. This man is already afraid and he is called to uh, the kingdom of Ahab and it is to talk about uh, the weather. And they are going to devise a plan. There's no food, there's no water and they are looking at their cattle or about to die off. So they devised this plan that Ahab would take uh, his uh, people and head to the north and Obadiah will head to the south and they're looking for a patch of water or a patch of green so their animals could be fed and not die off. And Obadiah is on his way out uh, to look for this patch and he runs into Elijah And Elijah says, you need to go back to your master and tell him that I want to meet. And Obadiah says, ain't no way that's going to happen. You've been running for three years. This man's looking to kill you. 
you keep sleep, uh, slipping the noose. If I go and tell him that you want to meet and he comes back and doesn't find you where you are, I'm dead. And he tells them three times that this isn't going to happen. And I, I, don't, I don't know what Elijah um, stated uh, to Obadiah, but Obadiah uh, finally concedes and decides to go and uh, talk to Ahab. I, I'm not bagging on uh, Obadiah. He had to be in a tough position. Um, I know many of you here work in places of darkness and maybe you are the only light that is uh, in that dark workplace. I, I have spent most of my uh, career, uh, professional career working in places that I was the only believer. Obadiah was planted into a kingdom that was killing off Christians and the prophets and he tried to be salt and light where he was. I think we're all called to that uh, mission. Um, so Obadiah goes and talks to Ahab and Ahab shows up. And I, I try to picture what this has to look like. One dirty old prophet standing on a mountainside and a king with all of his people show up to have a discussion. And Ahab starts casting blame. Ahab says, you're the uh, troublemaker in uh, Israel. You're the one that he wants to shoot the messenger. He wants to shoot the prophet that gave the uh, message about the, uh, the famine. You're the troublemaker here. And Elijah doesn't even take it. He says, no, I'm not the trouble here. This is the trouble. And if you look at verse 18 and 19... He says uh, to Ahab, he, he said, I have, I'm not the trouble of Israel, but you and your uh, father's house have uh, because you have forsaken the commands of the Lord and you have followed uh, Baal. Now th then send uh, and gather uh, to me all of Israel at the Mount of uh, Carmel, together with the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets uh, who sit and eat by uh, Jezebel's table. He says, the problem isn't me. The problem is this. You've made a God of your own understanding and you are uh, following that God, and you have stepped away from uh, the Lord of Israel. Isn't that so easy to do? 
something looks attractive, something uh, looks manageable, something that is under our own control, and we settle uh, for that rather than the uh, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And he calls them out and says, we're going to have a contest. You bring all these people, we're going to have a smackdown right here and right now. And it, I, I have to, uh, some people uh, know me and know that I used to be an amateur boxer. This feels like a Mike Tyson fight. Everyone's going to show up. We're talking WWE uh, WrestleMania here. The whole nation is going to show up on uh, the side of Mount Carmel and it's going to be a showdown, a contest of who's God. Is it uh, the God of Bell and his 450 prophets uh, or is it going to be Elijah and the uh, Lord of Israel? And they're going to have a fire-making contest. So the people show up. And, and it's strange that Elijah kind of sets the terms of this contest. They're going to basically cut ox in fours, put it on wood on a on a, a tablet and whoever's God rains fire down and starts fire uh, is going to be the Lord. And the 450 uh, um, prophets of Baal begin. They set up the meat, they set up the fire and the altar and from Morning until noon, uh, they uh, pray, they uh, dance, they uh, recite uh, things, and they hear nothing from Baal. And then the sarcasm happens. Um, um, call it sanctified sarcasm or theological uh, trash-talking. Elijah goes, where is this guy? Pray louder, dance harder. Where is this guy? And he, he, he goes, maybe he's talking to someone. Or maybe Baal is, uh, is on a journey and you need to leave a message. Maybe... Uh, he is asleep and you need to wake him up. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Do what you need to do, get the attention of your God. So these uh, prophets uh, dance harder and scream and cut themselves and throw themselves uh, on the altar with no answer. About three o'clock in the time that they're uh, supposed to have the late day uh, sacrifice, they call it quits. 
And it's Elijah's turn. Elijah prays this prayer uh, that um, that he wants Israel to know uh, their God. He wants Israel to know that uh, everything he has done has been as a servant of God and has been directed by God's word. He desires the heart's Uh, of the people to turn back to the Lord. That the people would really know uh, the Lord of Israel and live for him. And that that life would, uh, uh, that knowledge of uh, the Lord would impact their lives. This is an awesome prayer. Sounds like a prayer that I had many people praying for me back at age 17. And I didn't have a clue of what they were even praying about. So what happens? Elijah prays this prayer and calls on the Lord and fire comes down. It burns up. Uh, the rocks, it burns up the sanctuary or the uh, pillars that he made. It burns up the meat, the wood, the dust, and so uh, evaporates all the water around the sacrifice. And what is the reaction of the nation? They fall on their face. I I think at times in the last 30 years of walking with Christ, um, I've settled into uh, praying prayers that I can achieve on my own. Things that I can do with my hands, with my talents, with my abilities. Or I pray prayers that are more maybe influenced by the world than uh, my father. I'm going to simply ask the question of you, congregation, you of body. Are you praying prayers that show who God is? Are you dependent upon him and not on things of your own making? The nation falls Uh, to their knees and calls out, this is the uh, Lord of Lords, this is God. And they uh, acknowledge. And uh, Elijah says, seize these prophets, uh, these 450 prophets of Baal, and right then and there they uh, put them to death. Some amazing things comes Uh, out of this uh, miraculous act of power. After this event, uh, Elijah speaks to um, Ahab and says, go eat and drink. This famine famine is over. The storm of God is coming. And Elijah uh, and Abraham, Ahab, uh, takes him at his word 
and goes and eats and drinks and goes to the place that Elijah has instructed him to go. And Elijah goes up on the mountain of uh, Carmel with his servant and keeps sending his servant to go look for the storm clouds. And finally, the storm clouds show up and he sends his servant to go uh, to Ahab and says, you better get going because this storm is going to stop you from getting where you need to go. And then after he sends his, uh, his messenger, uh, Ahab ties up his, I mean, Elijah ties up his robes and runs 40 miles to the town where he said Ahab and beats Ahab there. We're talking marathon race powered by uh, the God Almighty. And he gets there, and we start into we start into First um, Kings nineteen one and uh, through four, and something so puzzling happens to me. We just experienced this pour out of God's power in this faithfulness in the way of Elijah. And he comes here and now Ahab tells uh, Jezebel everything uh, that Elijah has done and how he had killed the prophets uh, with uh, the sword. And Jezebel basically says, before the day passes, I'm going to kill Elijah. And instead of Standing up to like the 400 prophets, what does Elijah do? He runs. He runs for 40 days. It it, it reminds me of Moses, who came to a place uh, and, and maybe lost faith and ran for 40 days and they find themselves uh, in almost the same location, um, Mount Horeb, which uh, we now call Mount Sinai. And And the word of the Lord meets him there and he feeds him. And the angel of the Lord feeds him again And he says, come and meet with me. And Elijah states, I've been zealous for you. I've been doing what you want me to do. And now I'm the only prophet left. And I'm afraid. And God says, meet me on the mountain And God sends the wind and uh, blows down the mountain. But God doesn't speak to Elijah uh, in the wind. He sends an earthquake and a fire, but he doesn't speak to him in that way. He speaks to him in a whisper. And he says, go back 
and invest in these four prophets and basically I will raise up a new generation of prophets. I, I, I sometimes think that I'm out of line with uh, Jesus because I pray and pray and pray and don't get any answer or at least I don't get the answer I want. So I keep praying. Um, sometimes I think I'm uh, like the sarcastic statements of, uh, about Baal. I'm talking to someone else rather than talking to the Lord. I'm on a journey. I uh, am asleep. Or I'm in the bathroom. And I'm just not hearing him in my prayer life. I'm convinced that the Lord that called me by his grace uh, into life with Jesus and set me free uh, to be his child is still that same God and has that same power. My question for all of us is, do we recognize him for who he is? Are we taking him at his word? And are we walking in that power of prayer? Just a few thoughts uh, from the book of Elijah uh, from from, uh, chapter 18 and 19 of 1 Kings. What a wonderful God we serve. As a body, can we see him for who he is? Can we take him at his word and walk with him? I'm going to pray and uh, we're going to do communion. Um, thank you for the time today. Lord, I just uh, thank you uh, and praise you. Thank you that you are a good God. I thank you that no one holds back your hand. No one says, what can you do? You are uh, God. Uh, If we see the rising of the sun and the going down of the same is because uh, you are God. I pray that we as your children can uh, come to you in prayer and expect the supernatural. Expect uh, incredible things and it doesn't need to be in our uh, power but it is through your goodness and might. I thank you, uh, Lord, that you uh, set the captives free and so many in this room know you and have been set free to follow and be your child. Pray as we come together uh, and take communion. I pray for those that know you, that we can remember you uh, in communion, uh, for the breaking of bread and pouring out of uh, juice, signifying the breaking of your body and the pouring out of your blood that purchased our redemption for us.
I pray that uh, this week, uh, today, as we celebrate, celebrating in our neighborhoods and with our families, with friends, the independence that is ours, one, I pray blessing over those times, a joyful time, a time that is centered around you, a time that we are experiencing today, your freedom. I just thank you, I praise you, I give you this body in your son's name, amen.